Welcome to Honestly Unbalanced episode 2. This week we chat to Phoebe Greenacre. Phoebe is originally from Australia, now based in London. We chat about that journey in the podcast. She's the co-founder and CEO of Silu London. Silu London is uh, an active leisure wear brand on the luxury end. She's a yoga teacher, a holistic therapist. Uh, and to talk a little bit about her background, she's worked in corporate marketing for 10 years and her background is as well international business. So what do we chat about? We chat about self-doubt, intention setting, imposter syndrome, off days and how it's okay to not be okay. That and a lot more. Enjoy guys. Just wanted to quickly update you, Holly and I, in the midst of everything going on, we've actually launched a new online platform. So if you head to thehustlers.com, you'll find classes, meditations, talks, sound journeys. Uh, There is a membership fee, but we think it's pretty damn reasonable and you'll get access to an ever-increasing back catalogue. So that's thehustlers.com. Head over. Cheers, guys. Honestly Unbalanced. (laughs) Phoebe you've got loads going on at the minute a lot you've got your somatic movement therapy if I said that right you've got your yoga teaching Mm -hmm. you've got your obviously your lovely brand Silu that you're building yes how do you juggle everything and a wedding hang on and sorry most importantly the wedding wedding number two and to the same guy though yeah. yes to the same guy <laughs> just to clarify yeah, just to clarify a man in each country yeah <laughs> this is the party wedding the party we've done the civil ceremony already so yeah lots to think about yes and yeah lots super to busy how do you manage like, I don't understand how you manage the time like I have awful time management I do a lot but my, my version of time management is just working every hour like yeah. How do you balance all of your stuff and seem sane? Yeah. You seem sane. I'm sane. You're yeah, sometimes. Um, no, I think definitely I would say all of my self-care is number one. So every morning I do my own workout, I do my own meditation um, and make sure that I feel good mm. before then coming in and giving out for the business. I'm going to do a yoga um, private after this. I've got um, some study to do tonight. And so... As long as I am full, my cup is full, then I can give, keep giving. And when it's empty, I stay at home and don't do anything. Mm. Wow. So it's really important for me to make sure that it's full. I love that because well, there used to be such a thing around take care of everyone else first, you know, make sure that they've eaten, they've done this, they've done. but actually you need to make sure that you're yeah. on top. Otherwise, how can you give anything to anyone else? Yeah, definitely. So tell us a little bit about your morning routine then. What does that look like? Um, it usually includes, depending what the day looks like and how much uh, output I have to give in terms of um, meetings with people, uh, private yoga classes, because I do a lot of teach around here. Mm-hmm. So I'm always popping out and teaching um, an hour or private and so most mornings I started around 6 6 30 and would, bird. yeah I'm an early bird <laughs> yes. um, and I will get in whether I do 10 15 minutes meditation before I go to my movement class or um, or after mm. but I kind of wait until everyone's gone from home as in my husband um, and that it's kind of quiet because I don't like to be interrupted when that happens Um, and every day is different so I'm not a yoga teacher that just goes to yoga I do weightlifting I do bar classes I do 
everything. I love to move in every single way. Um, it just keeps me interested. And then when I do go to yoga, I really appreciate it for the class and I'm not I'm not bored with it mm. because I do get bored with the same routines and that kind of thing so I'm a variety of the spice of life for That's me really refreshing yeah. to hear and it's super important I think because obviously yoga is balance but you can also do too much yoga yeah so it's really important to mix it up so like you say you don't get bored you really appreciate it for... and also injury like I find yeah. that if I'm doing a hundred chaturangas in a week oh, that I get neck and shoulder pain and that's not great for longevity for me so awesome. lifting weights for me and moving my other my body in different directions mm. helps for me to be able to work out every day because mm. that's how it makes me feel good you so. work out every day do you yeah, something some kind something, of movement yeah. yeah okay it's getting even more impressive i think <laughs> no, all these layers of i stuff. think sunday is probably like my sunday is my rest day yeah. and um but i usually go for like a long walk but only that's because of like we maybe walk to the farmer's market or mm. we walk and do something like that uh, what how do you plan the week like is, do you sit down at the start of the week and work stuff out so i my diary is busy and um, usually at the start of the week I use class pass to do all my classes so nice. I book in um, everything online on, mm. an, on an app so and if you cancel the morning of um, which is why I never cancel is like you have to pay 15 pounds to not go oh, do you yeah uh. so that kind of it's a 12 hour booking period mm. so that kind of enforces that I do have to go yeah. Um, and yeah I kind of make that decision seven like so usually I do a 6 30 or 7 o'clock workout so 7 p.m the night before if I'm feeling like I don't need that I don't want to do it that early mm. or I don't want to do it then I cancel that night before mm. and any times where you do actually cancel yes. when you just can't Today. deal with it Oh, oh really? Yeah. Why? Because of us? Um, is, it, is it our bad? Yeah. No, I woke up <laughs> and I've just been feeling this week, um, just like everything's a bit too much. Mm. So I woke up at I woke up before my alarm and I was like, I w looked at the time and I was like, I just don't feel 100% today. So mm. I cancelled. But you know what's so lovely about you and I find it so refreshing, your Instagram feed is, is really refreshingly honest. And I think you put a post up yesterday or the day before about yeah. how actually it's okay to not feel okay. Yeah. And there's a big movement around this as well, which I think is really important because we're so programmed to think that everything has to be moving forward at 100 miles an hour all the time. And actually sometimes it's really productive to just stop and sit back and take a break Completely. and be okay not being okay. Yeah, one of the biggest learnings for me in doing my somatic movement therapy course was that all of our emotions are valid, but oh, yeah. we don't need to attach to them. Mm -hmm. So yeah. when I woke up this morning, I was like, I don't feel great. I'm canceling my workout. Then I just moved on with the day. I didn't be like, oh, I didn't go to my workout or I feel guilty or like I'm a really bad person or like, I'm not living whatever. I just kind of accept it. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel great today. Cancel my workout and just get on with the day. And just deal with the practicalities of that. You pay the 15 pound. That's I'm like, you know what? Done. I'm not going to go bust with paying well, exactly, 15 pounds. Yeah. And that's what I think the practicalities of, I think, in that you have an instinct reaction to everything, of yeah. course. And then you have you have that choice. You have that little period where you choose, choose to either indulge it and churn it over in your head yeah. or just acknowledge that you're not your thoughts yes, that thought has happened it. let it go just as easily mm, yeah. as it popped into your head so on that day when you cancel that class or yeah. when you do occasionally cancel do you have like a co not a coping strategy but what's your strategy for getting yourself back on track yes um, sometimes I don't have um, any time to get myself back on track mm. and I'm continually having a little conversation with myself like mm. 
you have, you're not great today. And I'm like, yeah, let's just keep going. <laughs> okay. um, and so I would say that to m- this morning was one of those days where I just had like, I had to just get on with it and just, and just notice that myself, I'm like, yeah, I'm just not good today and that's okay. And in that situation, do you, let's say you're teaching, will you still continue to teach? Will you do everything you needed to do, but just go yeah. into it from your mindset? When, when I do have the ability to cancel things out of my diary, I do. Um, and sometimes it's, I even come into this room where we're filming um, at my office and I just do 30 minutes meditation oh, nice. to kind of just reset. Um, and that is something that helps me to let everything kind of bubble up to the surface. Mm. Like actually, why do I feel like this actually what needs to be addressed what wants to be seen today Mm. um and then things then might come up and i often will journal as well um if something comes up straight away okay and then i kind of acknowledge it and be like okay i can move on with the rest of the day what goes so in journals i always hear people talking about journaling yeah and i'm like some boxing idiot and I've never journaled in my so life. So journaling <laughs> can be whatever you want. It's a blank page and yeah. it's more like a stream of consciousness from your brain and that those thoughts that keep coming up, it's like can literally be a stream of consciousness. And when you do that, things will appear that you may not have clarified in your mm. head or in your brain or your mind. So I do a lot of like just dump, brain dump mm. and just like write crap. Yeah. And it could be like, I'm really angry that I missed workout this morning. Or it could be like, I feel like under the weather or uh, anything. It'd be like, Alex annoyed me by doing this this morning and that made me feel like this. Or I'm like really overwhelmed with the amount of stuff I have on today. And then I kind of write it out. Da, 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 da. And then at the end of it, it's like, I just don't have any me time today. Mm. And I feel yeah. like shit. It's or- like a, a therapy for yourself. It is. Actually, we spoke to that therapist the other week. Who? Not our friend who's the therapist oh my god I've drawn a blank okay well regardless <laughs> we didn't just to clarify we, we didn't go to therapy we didn't go to we're therapy. not a couple's therapy <laughs> like one, seven months into marriage okay. we're good but, but it's okay it's if we were doing I think therapists are wonderful but what, 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 he, what he communicated to us was this idea that actually oh god yeah I remember now you don't you might think you've got your hand on everything yeah. and you've got a full handle of everything going on inside your mm. head but the moment you speak it out mm. it really changes yeah much like let's say like we're dealing with grief like when I was, my father died, absolutely fine. Not absolutely, yeah, but more but or less. I was holding on, it together. Soldiering on. But just then read, actually reading the, va- uh, not the, not the vowels. Eulogy. <laughs> reading his <laughs> eulogy. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. oh, okay. Because it's all in there, yeah. isn't it? And it was when I wrote it as well. But mm. beyond that, it was all So the body okay. remembers everything. Yes, stores everything. Where our brain can be like, I'm going to soldier on, I'm going to keep mm. going. But then once that ends like the almost the the numb period Mm -hmm. then the body starts to remember and that will bubble up to the surface and that's when usually it's a delayed grieving process Mm. process or it's a delayed um breakup process or like miscarriage or anything like that that comes up it's usually delayed but the body remembers Mm -hmm. and that's the one thing that like i'm super interested in and very conscious of and aware of is that if you don't sort out the stuff Mm -hmm. that comes up every day that it can then 
manifest into you know disease. What? It's, a, it's a super important conversation because I think a lot of the time in the yogi world, people are meditating and they're, they're doing all these things to kind of transcend the body almost and people aren't actually connected to their body. Yeah. But everyone to a degree has gone through a certain amount of trauma on whatever spectrum that is. So like you said, you sit in meditation, you acknowledge the feelings that come up. It's just super important to not bypass that no. and actually think I've got stuff going on, whether the, my conscious mind knows it or not. Yeah. We've all got stuff that we need to deal with and, and work on and look at. Completely. And be brave it's, it's, an ever, not... it's an ever unfolding journey yeah. day to day, like for um for me for my clients for my family like it's it's and once you acknowledge that that it's it's a journey and it's a healing journey continually like we're Mm, learning we're changing things are happening we're learning we're changing Mm. things are happening and it's about kind of embracing it all like not seeing for me i used to be someone who was like oh if i feel shit i've got to push this away i want to be happy love and light all the time and now you take out on me now i punch adam when i'm upset that's what adam sorry adam um but bad is not bad no. you know it's just another end of the spectrum to good and yeah. it's just thinking this is okay I can deal with this and have a good support network around Completely. you as well to help you deal with stuff and I think all one on a thing, journey together yeah I think one thing that I realized now getting married is that or also just being in a relationship that the other person is not there to um to fix you oh, no. but just to acknowledge that mm. you're going through something yeah and I think that's one thing what flipped with our relationship once I had done all this therapy training is that he um I was like you don't need to fix me you don't need to find a solution because mm. he's a strategist and uh, that's what he okay. does he fixes he, things logic, Souls logic reason mm. science mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I don't need a, 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 a solution mm. I just need him to acknowledge that yes. I'm, I'm going through something and, and just a space you. to work yeah, it out yeah and just be like I can see that you're going through something and yeah. I'm really holding space for you and stroke your hair and feed you chocolate yes yeah all those all things of those. On, <laughs> on this idea of journeys because you're obviously very conscious and very aware now and very self-reflective I guess you weren't always like that no when did this journey start from you what, what you worked like 12 years in corporate Marketing. world yes and now running brands and teaching yeah. and all that so stuff. my mum took me to yoga when I was 15 um, which is 21 years ago this is why we're yoga teachers yes. we do maths. no I'm like what well, how many? Um, and that was very much gym based yoga but it got me into I was a dancer pretty okay. much my whole life um, performed at the opera house so like that was my that was I was already wow. connected to my body so, so that was serious dancer yeah, yeah serious dancer um, all the way through to university and um, so yeah yoga was always like something that I was interested in and always went went through the whole journey of going through Ashtanga to Jiva Mukti mm. to then I just became addicted to traveling and everywhere I would travel because I was always a bit of a wellness hippie growing up um, whenever I'd land in a new country or a new city, I'd be like, where can I go to yoga? Mm. And where can I get a green smoothie or a green mm. salad or so something? So how old are you now? This is not still th- 36. 14. No, 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 as in, oh. in this journey now. Um, just I, traveling around the world? 18, I moved to 18. America. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Whereabouts did you live in America? I did ski seasons in oh, Utah and wow. Colorado. That was incredible. Yeah, wow. amazing. Working, like as an Australian uh, 18 year old who'd never mm. seen snow oh, or yes. couldn't ski, yeah. I, I booked a one way ticket to America Wow. And I did these seasons in between my university degree. Mm. So I would oh, go okay. over there and do like four months, five months um, and wake up to like knee deep powder every day or waist deep powder yeah. and just be like, this is life. This is living. Oh Amazing. Wow. Yeah. So I was still going to yoga then. Um, my first overseas experience was Japan. I studied Japanese um, in Japan mm. and I did yoga in Japan as well. So 
all of these places where I was going, I couldn't speak the language except for Japan. And I would go to yoga classes and it, it really kind of dawned on me that I didn't need to speak the language, that this was my international language. Yeah. And that's when I realized after about, I did 30 countries before I was 30 and I would just work and save and travel, work and save and travel. Um, all my friends were buying houses, but I was just doing this. Like that's what made me come alive. So this was this was you in the corporate world at this point. Yeah, and just, yeah. This was your little escapes. Yeah, yeah. So I would um, in Australia they let you bank up holidays. So I would like take six weeks and go to Peru. Um, oh, yeah, all at dreamy. one time because oh, I think because we're such we're so far away from the world mm. that they that they allow that like, they acknowledge that you need to yeah, go far. Yeah, and, and they also want you to come back. So rather than us just quitting and going for a six mm. week like really lengthy holiday. Um, they let you. They allow you to do that. So yeah, I was but. going everywhere and like landing in places, and they, the people at the hotel were like, "What's yoga? Like, or what's yeah, a green mean. smoothie?" <laughs> and you know, being so, this was probably like ten years ago when I was in Peru, landing in um, Cuzco. They were like, "Yeah, not like." Who's this backpacker that, yeah. you know, who's this like Australian girl that wants to go to yoga and um, yeah. Did you, find, did you find yoga yeah, there? Yeah, I did. Yeah. And, and a lot of the times they would be like, no, like we don't speak English here kind of thing. And I'm like, it's okay. It's fine. I like, I just watch and we can do yoga together. It's mm -hmm. fine. Um, so that was kind of what got me interested in wanting to teach yoga. And I'd, because I wanted to do um, a a teacher training in Australia, but all my kind of leave was for travel, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to commit to four four weeks in Australia doing it. Yeah. Um, or yeah. So that's kind of why I delayed it until I got to a, to London because I was like, I knew I would be be here for a few years. Um, so I yeah. And again, you in moved it. here for work. Another story. I turned thirty. I did thirty countries before I was thirty, and mm. then I turned thirty. Went through a pretty bad breakup, um, and then started my own business. I quit my job, started my own business. Breakup all within like three months. Cool. Get and, it all done. Yeah, I was just like very much like trauma, heartbreak, completely rip off the bandage of mm. like not working for um, full time anymore. And I realized that I could get that two year working visa only up until I was 31. Um, and I was like, okay, it's either now or never. And I'd always wanted to do it. And so I booked a one-way ticket to London. Mm. Uh, I sold everything that I had ever owned and took two suitcases. And I arrived here and I was like, this is the next chapter. Had so, you been to London before you moved here? I had, I had been, I had done a few um, six week Europe trips mm. with um, girlfriends. So I'd, I'd always come into London, do two days here and then like, and then go off. Mm. So you've done lots of traveling, but you seem so grounded at the same time. And normally when you meet travelers, they're a little bit floaty and yeah. kind of doing it to escape almost. Did you ever feel like yeah. you were wanting to escape? There's a, definitely an escapism like mm. therapy that, that was happening right. all of the time. I just was, I just was looking for something different because yeah. in Australia or in smaller towns, you know, people would go through the same journey where it's, you meet the, the love of your life and you get married in your 20s and maybe have kids in your 20s and then buy a house or yeah. you know, around that, Follow get a dog, route, like, yeah. which is completely fine if that's what you want. Mm. But I just wanted something bigger and more exciting for mm. me. Mm -hmm. That may be exciting for people, but I just wanted to live a really international life. Sure. Um, my degree was international business and Japanese mm. and I wanted to be a Japanese speaking spy. So that was like my <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> espionage kind of working undercover 
Please, can you say something in Japanese? Um, I don't, I'm not very fluent right now, but oh, Ohayou gozaimasu, watashi wa daigaku de nihongo o benkyo shimashita. Yeah, no idea. Uh, so that, not how fluent. Just like, hello, how are you? I study Japanese at university. Did you learn like combat insane. skills as well in this like spy journey? Did no. you learn how to fight? No. Are you a Japanese but spy? Maybe. Yeah, but I always, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of like where, like, what I was like as a child mm. is just like I wanted to travel, I wanted to explore, I wanted to meet. I just love random conversations with strangers as well because mm. you just never know who you're going to meet, yeah, and what you're going to find. And I don't know. So that's you had this big life change. You came here, two suitcases. Mm-hmm. What was your a big intention then was it to go down the yoga route was it to start a company was it so to go back to the world so i had started a company in australia so my background is in uh, international business marketing digital mostly so social digital um, websites um, e-commerce so when i first landed here i did have clients still from australia that i was continuing working for free like from i was living the laptop life so i okay. continued to travel um, and we're just doing my client work on online um, and but I gave them a three months um, saying I will, uh, this is my three months notice for them because time differences and that kind of thing Australia and London it's not great so um, I had a three month kind of like um, some revenue yeah a bit of money coming in yeah until I would find um, a job in London or clients in London because I didn't know anyone here um, in terms of like networking and I had it was completely starting from scratch I took a contract role when I first arrived. Um, but realized when I first got here, I was like, this is really expensive. And catching the tube and going to prep every day, like between interviews, I'm like, I'm burning through cash mm, really quickly. So yeah. I did a um, an away, um, it's kind of like you can work for free, but they give you board and food. It's kind of like au pairing or, okay. um, anyway, I found this website called workaway.info and people put their skills up and match them to like jobs. So it might be like someone has a farm and they need someone to nanny and clean up or whatever. Um, But I found someone that needed marketing stuff in Cyprus. And I went there and they have like a seven bedroom villa um, and they rent it out. And over the off period, they need people to come in and they get it repainted and they get the, the, the gardens replanted and they wanted a website and social media and all that kind of stuff. I was like, I can do that. Amazing. And so I flew out there and didn't spend a cent while I was there. Um, I st- was planned to stay for one week and just do Skype interviews to get jobs in London. Ended up staying for three weeks because I just loved it and it was mm. hot. And I was like, this is amazing. And I would work nine to one and get breakfast, lunch and dinner and weekends off. Oh, perfect. So have you always um, kind of had a, an intuitive trust that everything's going to work out and everything's going to be fine? Because you seem that type or yeah. have you gone through multiple breakdowns where you've had self-doubt? And I you've feel like there's and- definitely everyone has breakdowns yes. and i guess when i was around that 30 29 30 period yeah, was a tough period it's a really like mm. when going through a breakup quitting your job yeah. and then starting a business and it was there was a lot of self-doubt because mm. i so that the story goes if you really want the the my partner who i was with um suggested that i quit my job and go traveling with him right. for like six weeks and then when i come back i would start my marketing agency so we did that and we'd been together for two years and so we did that i quit my job it was at david jones at, um, which is like the selfridges of australia mm-hmm. and i was doing head of digital and content and social media 
Um, and then after the six week trip, we got back and he broke up with me. And so I, we were living mm. together. So I had nowhere to live. I'd spend all my money on traveling um, and I was supposed to be starting my own agency, mm-hmm. but I had nowhere to live, no money. So I moved into my sister's house I was sleeping on the lounge or in her bed and she was my older sister and I was like about to turn 30 and I had planned this big trip to Bali with all of my girlfriends and partners and that and that like I still went with just my girlfriend. So your your boyfriend was going to go with yeah, you. That's the plan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and God. so like I'm about to turn 30. I'm yeah. sleeping on my sister's couch. I have no money. And I'm, that was like the, probably my rock bottom, I would say. And at this point, well, you were doing the yoga. And were you, I was were still you, going to yoga, yeah. Were you yeah. meditating? Did you have yeah. any kind of self-care things in place at this point? There or? was definitely like yoga. I used to go every day and um, there was definitely like that would help definitely but when there's usually always one thing that's solid still when you go through a breakup you probably still have your job or when you have to move out of your house you probably still have a job and your boyfriend or there's like out of the three like um hierarchy of needs Mm. like maslow's hierarchy of needs you've got like shelter love and money but when all three are completely taken away from you you have nothing really to hold on to yeah. and that for me was um pretty scary yeah. i would say and there was moments i think yoga got me through that as well that that was the only constant for me that's that coming back to maslow's hi- coming back to maslow's hierarchy yes. so at the ends it ends with self-actualization doesn't it and it's, it's this idea now that increasingly we're putting self-actualization near the bottom like the world is changing Completely. so people are thinking actually before we thought shout- well yeah but before we think <laughs> about shelter yeah before we even think about the food we have mm. and the love we have how are we and of course there is some luxury involved <clears> in being able to do that but I think people are increasingly doing that. Like, mm-hmm. As for you, it seems to be that's a thing that really held you together, your yoga practice. Yeah, that I was, think that's that only a, what held me together and also the support of my family. Yeah, that's so important to have a support network around yeah. you. I mean, to have a big sister to say, yes, come move in with yeah. me yeah. Um, yeah. was like amazing. And also didn't want to move home with my parents because mm. no one wants to move home no. with their parents for just a turn, they turn 30. Whether that's like right or wrong or whatever, it's just how I felt. I was like, I am not doing that. <laughs> So when you came to London, so you eventually got that corporate job, a like 12 months contract. Was it kind of corporate-y? Uh, yeah, so I was head of um, a new a startup, a okay. fit, fitness app um, that would employ, uh, it's like the Uber for yoga uh, yoga um, oh, cool. if, if professionals or PTs and that kind of thing. And so that was, was that for you this transition into awareness of maybe you can make a living in the yoga industry? Yeah, so they, what so I know? got I got that job in December. I arrived here in September, so traveled until December, um, started that job and um, was like, so I was like, oh, there's all these yoga teachers getting paid like 50, 60 pounds an hour on this app. Yeah. I was like, this is the time, it's a sign. I'm doing my yoga teacher training. So I signed up for it. And I wanted to do it for so long, but it was that was the catalyst of that. And so I, I did that. I was I did it every weekend um, for six months with Kat Mafan. We did it at the um, uh, here in London, and it was uh, a great way intro into yoga training. But it wasn't with a teacher that I had been drawn to or attracted yeah. to, or it was just more like a means to an end. I was like, just get it done, get your two hundred hours. It's just start. It's it's yeah. almost the equivalent of doing a term Completely. in university. Yeah. That's it. Just like it's one just little like, term, an yeah. intro. Just wanted. I just wanted to get my 
my certificate and then from then on i've now done an extra 500 hours yeah. so and that those teachers and those people have been more influential than that first course and that's often the way yeah yeah you've got no idea i think when you do a teacher training if you're even going to like teaching yeah. if you're going to be competent yeah. if people resonate with you like, did, so did you think when you did the training it is because you would like to make some money out i of did yoga? the training because yeah yeah, I was like, because I'd always been quite confident in talking in front of people and also being a dancer, being quite comfortable with movement. Yeah. And I'm, I did acting in Australia as well. So acting and um, like TV presenting. So you knew you could hold the space. Knew I could hold the space. Yeah. I love holding the space. Mm. Um, so that was, and then it was just kind of like everything was, there was signs, you know, I got that um, that contract role and then I was like, yeah, I should just go and work on the app because I can do it in the night times. And um, also, when I when I did come to London, I didn't know um, I didn't know anyone, so I did have a lot of free time. Yeah, I was like, I can work nights and weekends, and yeah. And then also, one big thing was that I always wanted to um, teach yoga on retreats because I had I had on the side of this always was my travel blog. Yeah. Um, and so that was what kept me like. Um, traveling everywhere and I would get invitations to do press trips in Europe but I couldn't come over because it was a long flight and very expensive yeah. um, so when I did get to London that that kind of ramped up and this was before so this was five years ago now so it was before like the rise of everyone is an Instagrammer and I had been Instagramming since the day that it launched I remember and I was, I had like my group, my blog ranked really well. So I, um, I was getting a lot of press trips. So I was doing that, those on the weekends as well. And just wanted to be able to teach yoga at these press trips and that kind of thing. So I just so wanted to link it all together. To, yeah, it all came yeah. together. Because a lot of people, when they decide to monetize, not monetize, I'm making it sound bad, not monetize yoga, yeah, yeah. but make a living through teaching yoga, yeah. come into it completely cold. Yeah. With actually not that many relevant skills. Like, although, let's say, a dancer can, yeah. of course, hold the space. Yeah. If they didn't have the commercial skills, they might not really understand how to get into the yoga world. Or, or, or let's say, someone from a completely corporate background mm -hmm. has got no skills to actually build a yoga-related business. But you had the blog. You had you were social media savvy. You had yeah. an audience already. Yeah. You had some insider knowledge yeah. as well. And you had the ability to hold the space. Completely. And know the body. So due to that whole experience, you had so many tools. Yeah. I guess which was great. And did it did it work? Yeah, because as soon as I um, got my certificate, then the people that I had been going on press trips um, to review their press, like to, to to review their retreats and that kind of thing, had then invited me back to teach um, on their press on their retreats and that kind of thing. Um, and so, the, which was great because then it was straight away. I was like, wow, this is really good. This is really fun. Now I'm getting to go on these trips for free and mm. getting paid. That's I was like, dream. this is the dream. Um, and that's always and then I've always no matter like when I did work full time I would run social media courses on the weekend and I was I'm always hustling yeah do you post every day no no do you beat yourself up if you don't post every day no good <laughs> so on this journey on this journey was there a particular decision or investment you made that you think really helped you Maybe the flight to London, I guess. The flight to London, Not yeah. Long. I suppose the investment into the yoga teacher training, but then my mm. continual investment. I I don't want to add it up, but it's been over like £20,000 in the last five years on training oh, well, okay. and therapy and all of that kind of stuff. Like the therapy training, the embodied flow training, the 200 hours training, uh, the pregnancy yoga training. It's a lot. Was, did any of them make you feel like 
I'm competent now. I've got this. Did any of them give you a, a sudden boost in confidence? I felt very confident after the 200 hours. Okay. I'm a confident person. So I, I would walk, walk into a, a yoga room and feel fine. Yeah. I, and also with a 20-year practice, it's not like it was like I had done a year of yoga and then started teaching. I had a very good base mm, yeah. of uh, all different disciplines as well across 30 different countries I'd practiced in. And that's doing so five classes or ten more than you know, I'd go morning and night, I'd go vinyasa and yin and yeah. restorative and like all of the classes. So that when I did go and teach my first class, I'd probably been into a yoga studio classroom five thousand times. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't done the math. I guess think of that's the difference between someone that let's say wants to be a teacher because they want to live a life that they perceive yeah. a yoga teacher has to someone that has had a fairly intimate long-term experience with yoga and after that wants to share that yeah. and actually wants to do the work to be a teacher yeah. rather than just be a teacher for the sake of being a teacher. Completely. In a sense. A I never difference. really wanted to be a teacher to be a teacher. I just wanted to share my love for mm. yoga movement and um personal development and then how did the brand fit in so CeeLo yeah. this amazing clothes brand yeah so kind of we said in menswear like I'm, kind of, I'm a fan of it yeah I could see you in one of the unitards yeah. to be fair Men, menswear pending um, <laughs> we, we get a lot of requests but also my husband does not spend any money on sportswear yeah. he has a disposable income working in finance that he could but he doesn't men are cheap yeah they're just like I he think... wears the same pair of Nike shorts that I bought him five years ago um, now like he hasn't bought any more you know yeah so why would I don't know for me it just doesn't seem I want to nail this first yeah, and we haven't and so I will wait until it's actually like a and right I think time. the men that would buy it are normally men in the fitness industry yeah. who then often then don't have any money to spend yeah or they get <laughs> it for kind of, free yeah. because indeed the, yeah. yeah that kind of thing so, so how did that happen so you so there's a little gap in the story so um the six month um after six months working for this fitness app I put together a year a strategy plan and they made me redundant that night oh. or fired me that night oh. after a 12-month strategy presentation Do they meeting. still exist? I don't know. I'm not going to mention them. No, but do they, I hope they don't exist. Why? Can I ask, why did you get fired? Um, it was a very small team, uh, quite unprofessional. Right. Quite. Didn't um, know what they were doing type vibe. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything yeah. because it's better to say nothing. Indeed, yeah. Uh, then not say something not okay. nice. But, but we can just read into the facts. Yeah, so that, that happened and that was really, um, they. I had hired an intern to help me with like doing social media and that kind of thing, but I looked after marketing, press, social media, digital, e-newsletters, all of that kind of thing. Okay. And they hired an in, we hired an intern and he used to be a PT and then he took over my role. Okay. So. Probably for less money. A lot less money, <laughs> which is fine because that gave me, I was like, I got two months payout because of that's what that was in my contract. And that gave me two months to really be like, okay, you can go and do consulting again. Like yeah. you've got enough contacts because in that time I was taking everyone um, for a workout on this app and go and meeting um, lots of lovely influencers that are now quite big, like Chessie King and AJ um um, and like, and and then re reunited with a lot of people that I'd never met in London, and now they're like they're all my friends. So 
it was quite a a nice platform to kind of connect to all Mm. these wellness influencers and again we were we both like we're all probably on like five thousand or six thousand back then Mm. um and then those guys have just completely blossomed and that was perfect to be like okay now i can just do my own thing Mm. um so yeah started consulting and i had a, a an array of wellness clients in london and one of my one of the clients that I was introduced was was my now business partner. Perfect. Yeah. Funny how things work out. And then, so what was what what made you? What kind of convinced you to actually work full time and start a company? Yeah. So it started out. I was her consultant, and then a couple of months into it. Um, she realized that there was a lot of work that goes into this type of thing. So the company didn't really exist at no, this point? At it all. Didn't. No, it didn't. No. So there was no clothing. There was no, there was some sketches and there was not, there was a name that's not, we, don't, we didn't end up calling okay. it that name. Um, so I did branding. So I, I do, I love making up like the story or really kind of getting people involved in the story of the brand, the behind the scenes and um, bringing, giving a brand a personality. Mm. Um, and so we were working together for a few months and then um, she asked me to be her CEO and I was like, I don't need a full-time job. I, that's not what I'm after. I love the laptop life. I love traveling, teaching yoga, getting all these press trips. Like this is, this is where it's at. And she said, well, why don't, instead of you having like five or six different clients, why don't you just have one client? And instead of being a client, it will be a, my, you'll be, we'll be business partners. And that, so, persuaded, that persuaded you. And Celia was born. Yeah. Yeah, and I just said that, you know, I, I kind of stipulated I needed to still teach yoga and I still needed to run retreats and still want to do all of those things. And that was, yeah, so it's a definitely, um, that's where so I how many years ago was this? That was four years ago. So in four years, the brand is now all over in loads of magazines. Yeah. You're in like Equinox. Yeah. Selfridges as yeah. well. So big places, mm. and and actually, four years ago, the, the industry was already really competitive, wasn't it? There were so many startups. Definitely, at that I time. suppose there's. I think there's a lot of in every industry. There's always like people don't get discount uh, like disheartened to start a dress brand. There's been dress brands for forever. Yeah, no, I suppose athleisure or active wear as a an industry or a, a category was still quite young, um, and again now it is like. People pop up every day, like there's like, oh, there's this new brand. And then six months later or a year, they're, they're gone. So you really have to have like a very strong strategy to st- stay around. So how, why are you still here? <laughs> how are you still here? I think we've evolved as the, as as we have evolved as partners and also as the, the climate has evolved. So we are now, um, we had a sustainability promise for 2021 to use all the recycled fabrics, all organic cotton, um, have a very transparent um, production um, story. And um, so that we've kind of evolved as like, as the, like being sustainable is super important to me and, and my business partner. So we made sure that the brand evolved like that as well. Mm. And just really sticking to our um, what makes us um, unique. So really sticking to the certain types of style. We also um, we do a lot of tailoring with our products, so that you may not see in other products. Um, in what sense? So we the way we cut our seams and the way we um, there's certain darts in certain areas. You would find that more on tailored garments or oh. a couture gown, but you wouldn't find that on a nike legging yeah okay. so something that we don't do in our leggings is we don't do a front rise seam which you may not know of 
um, but with that, like, that was point, you were pointing to Holly there, not me. Yeah, <laughs> because I was the, I was the one that wore, wore the unitard. So front rise seam is the like no to the toe, no camel toe. <laughs> ah, okay, <laughs> that's so, clever. I like it. Yeah, mm. so obviously we don't pop that anywhere because um, you know we're a British brand. <laughs> yes, no one wants that line that goes up the front. So that then makes our leggings more expensive because oh, that yeah. front panel has to be cut in one piece. Um, rather than like cutting half, like mm. one leg and one leg. Mm. So little things like that have, um, we've could take it into consideration and seams that will slim the waistline or color block that like will um, enhance the waistline mm. or. So I'm guessing it hasn't all been a smooth ride from the start. So what would no. you say have been your <laughs> biggest challenges or, you know, really big challenge that you faced along the way? Really big challenges mm. would be production mm. um, and meeting minimums and that kind of thing. So and also finding factories that we're a very small brand compared to, say, um, a sweaty Betty mm-hmm. or, you know, that make millions of dollars a year mm-hmm. that we always get pushed to the back. So it's like we're a very small order. So then we're like, oh, they can push silly to the back because yeah. we don't mm-hmm. really care. And if we don't place the order, they don't really care either. So being like the the, 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 the runt of the pick or runt yeah. of the litter. I yeah, yeah we, we always get. So if we have deadlines and we have to deliver to Selfridges on a certain date and then the factory's like, oh, We'll just push them to the back and then we have a month deadline uh, we're overdue then people start charging you um fees because you haven't um oh. dropped at a certain time um so yeah so what have you so, done how have you dealt with that yeah um, just stresses no yeah. yeah just have to be really honest with our supply uh, with our um retailers and just explain that sometimes they just like that's fine other times they're like we, we're charging you a per day kind of fee so sometimes you have to pull out of the partnerships because of because of those reasons because of the fees yeah it's just that we can't be we're, we're just a small yeah. very small brand um it may look different on the outside but just there's only four of us here and it's it's, it's so different to like compared to that the yoga world isn't it where we think honesty honesty is wonderful just be honest with everyone people appreciate it yeah and i guess in that corporate world sometimes people take advantage if yeah. you are yeah. that honest yeah and, and also pe- i know it's, it's hard being like i just want to be honest about everything which i am but also having to play by the rules and like yeah so it's finding it's, that balance i suppose yeah isn't it? so how do you personally overcome obstacles and challenges and do you do you have any sort of thoughts around failure and what failure means to you you know is it part of the journey to success or does it yeah. get to you do you find yourself in what, what are your thoughts around that I would say definitely imposter syndrome is something that people are talking about Let's at the moment. And yeah. I, I'm like, am I really doing this? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I think everyone gets it, don't they? It's like, I, not so much in the yoga teacher thing, because, like when I teach yoga, because I teach from my heart and I don't teach from a place of, I don't know, I, I'm not wanting to gain anything from it. Mm-hmm. It's probably my lowest paid part of what I do it's because you love it but I, it's mm. because I love it mm-hmm. and I will continue to do it because I love it mm. um, so I don't really feel imposter syndrome in in that sense mm-hmm. but um, if I'm doing like a talk or a presentation I don't know those yeah, you've done a few recently haven't you I've seen on your Instagram you've yeah. been a part of a panel and things yeah. like that so you you suffer from imposter syndrome yeah. a little bit I, I suppose I don't feel nervous when I'm talking yeah I love talking I love yes. being in front of people <laughs> I would uh, like in another life maybe be an actress yeah because I just really that brings like like lights, lights me up soul. yeah mm. um but just being like okay so I'm sitting up here with all these other like 
real people that have real brands and like, yeah, like experts yeah and, and expert audience yeah well. and i'm just like here and i've just just i don't know winged it the whole way yeah i so, think that's what it is though isn't it because i don't think anyone really has fake I mean, it till you make it yeah even if you that. do have these five-year plan things life can throw you off course and you've just got to kind of go with the wind sometimes haven't you and let it yeah. take you to a degree i, I think gonna disagree no, 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 now. No, no. I, I had this conversation with my mom a while back and mm. she said not, not not about imposter syndrome per se she said to me like one of the saddest things in life is that she always feels like she did when she was 20. like she doesn't feel any more grown up uh -huh. she doesn't feel any more mature mm. like my mom is my mom is nearly 70 now she thinks but yeah, her maturity she doesn't feel has actually really changed a lot over the years yeah. she still feels like a 25 year old yeah and i think that's probably the case for most of us oh, yeah. As, and no matter what role we get or how important maybe we think we should be mm. we're all idiots really we like you children. see on on the tube Pretending. you see on the tube how many adults in suits are playing candy crush <laughs> Completely. they're I playing a game time. that a seven-year-old in theory yeah. should enjoy yeah. and how many people like idiotic tv shows etc there's nothing mm. wrong with that no. but i think none of us are as mature or advanced oh, as we might like no, to think we are we're all children playing grown-ups i really believe that i yeah I think play is one of the biggest things that has brought me back to just enjoying the moment. Yeah. So keeping that playful. Keeping that playfulness. That was doing... one of your. I'm sorry, I did a bit of research. Yeah. Did a bit of stalking yeah, on Phoebe Greenacre before. <laughs> stalk her quite a lot actually. Um, and one of your mottos is "Don't take yourself too seriously." Yeah. And I love that Completely. because we so do so much of the time. I, I often say to my staff, like if they're like getting stressed or like the deadlines and priorities, I'm like. We are not saving lives. We are okay. selling activewear. Go <laughs> home and come back tomorrow. Let it go. Yeah. Just like this is not the end of the world. Yes. Yes. If the newsletter doesn't go out at 9 a.m., no one's going to know. Yes. Love so that. I kind of like, and also then I apply. It's, it's hard sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, I'm so stressed. I've got to do this thing. But then I'm like, and it's fine and it'll all be here tomorrow. And that thing is, what? things are heavy. The more you put in your head, the heavier it all gets. Yeah. Just let it go yeah. simply because holding on to stuff is heavy mm. and tiring. Just that simple reason. What yeah. do you do when you have those panic moments and we are ah, in your head, stressing out? Um, have you got like a, a quick, not a quick fix, because I know that's not really a thing, yeah. but just to have something that you could pull out your toolbox when you have moments like that? Often or not, if I have a moment of breakdown or I want to cry mm. or everything gets a bit too much I do just come up here and have a cry oh it's, <laughs> it feels so good doesn't it yeah just, to cry. just let it out yeah. and like I'm pretty open with all of the girls in my team and I just come down and I'm like so I just had a cry yeah mm. I did it, it the just other shows day them in the that toilet. I'm human and hopefully that they can just go upstairs and have yeah. a cry if they need to as well because it's just a release of energy yes. just there's obviously this built-up energy and mm. it wants to come out mm -hmm. and instead of me like being fiery and like taking it out on someone else i just come up here and be like cry it all out and yeah. be like oh feels so much better you do, go back to work you? i can't relate do you, i was gonna say do you ever do that adam is that why you go upstairs but, sometimes but no i do think though we need some form of release yeah. that could be in crying yeah. but like animals when any animal is in a very stressful position or yeah. the moment they're rid of it they shake it out yeah and like you kind of you kind of wait for that with a dog don't you mm. when you're when you know a dog is being stressed you're like go and just shake it mm. come and shake shake it out yeah. and eventually they do and you're like oh thank goodness and i think I mean, we need doing some yoga like poses help also helps in just stretching like mm. obviously when i feel stressed i around my heart space around my tummy i like upward facing dog and a few other things it just really stretches out all of that mm. tension line for me helps to mm. um 
just reset and kind of let that energy move through me. And do you think intention is important as well? So you can go go through your yoga practice and you're doing your stretches and you're breathing. Um, but I love it when you go to a class and the teacher will ask you to set an intention at the beginning. And I think every single class I do, it's powerful, I set an intention it? Yeah. To, to put awareness because behind. Why is it different to a workout class if there's nothing behind it? Like mm. I, for, for me, I'm more of a spiritual person. So yeah. yoga for me is my spirituality yeah. or part of it. And um, I like to be intention uh, intentional with my practice. Yeah. And it just also helps me I don't know. It helps me in my off off the mat life, yeah. Um, so that I can perform better, be a better human, help other people more. Mm. If I feel like I can have that hour of just like it's all, it's like moving meditation, and it's mm-hmm. also moving intention, and um, that really helps me. So this is a question for both of you on that. I don't set intentions, <laughs> mm, and I, I don't encourage to set intentions, <laughs> mm. but I do believe like an asana practice. The asana is a vehicle for self-inquiry of the mind. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a pathway there. The asana is the poses just to... Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's, it's a vehicle. It's yeah, a vehicle. And you're the in, body is a vehicle. You're yeah. in relatively stressful positions and you're looking at how your mind responds to that, how your body responds to that, looking at the narrative that pop into your head, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. But I, I've never really worked with setting intentions. Like, so I'm intrigued. Like, what, what kind of intentions would you set? I guess is the first part of the question. The second part is, do you think setting an intention might distract you from where you're meant to go in that practice? No. Does it actually, no. is it almost no. like a, a let no? You've got two against one here. Okay, <laughs> we're, no. we're like intention people over here. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> an intention for me, I usually like just open it up and be like, let's set an intention for your practice. It might be something you want to call in or you want to dedicate to someone else. So often I'm like, maybe you want to call in some more peace, some more Zen, some more power. Um, sometimes you want to call in some more um, being more present and being more conscious for mm-hmm. this moment. So I often suggest to start your sentence with I am and then that they finish. So I am enough. I am handsome, confident. I am sexy. <laughs> That's your next intention. <laughs> you know, and so, you know, often I think everyone is lacking some type, something um, in their everyday life, whether it's they're not feeling enough, they're not feeling pretty enough, they're not feeling strong enough, they don't feel confident enough, like in their job, in their relationships. There's, there's why not call something in for your practice? So let's say in the class and halfway through you're distracted yeah. or your mind has gone elsewhere, there's a yeah. narrative playing. Does your intention that you set give you something to hold on to so you so, come yes. back to the intention? Yeah. So, it's, so it's like an anchor. It's like a touchstone. So mm-hmm. often well, I will have both hands on heart space or heart on, one on um, hand. Touchstone. A touchstone. Touchstone. That's nice. So say if we set the intention with one hand on the heart, one hand on the belly, that is your touchstone. And so once I like, so we set the intention, we breathe into that space that throughout the class, um, maybe like in after three or four vinyasas or maybe after the standing series, we go hands on the heart space and the belly space again and just be like, let's come back to that touchstone. Oh, nice. So that every time, even though I don't have to say it, then I just say hands on heart, hands on belly come back to that place mm. so that it, there's that it's a reminder that's interesting, interesting I'll do a similar do thing um so i'll often get people to come back to tadasana which yeah. is mountain pose just standing i think it's my favorite yoga pose mm. just standing still doing nothing get people to close their eyes and remind them of their intention i think it's just powerful to know 
what you're practicing for yeah and I don't even think it has to be a spiritual no, thing it it's just bringing some awareness what do I need today yeah and a lot of the time I think people have no idea no so one that I really like is it's my intention to be open to receiving whatever I need to receive yeah. and for me I think by setting that conscious intention with your mind it kind of sinks into mm. your subconscious Completely. mind which is your body and the body will open itself up to bringing in that healing or whatever yeah. it is that whatever you, kind you of, need yes. in that moment yeah I do I think you've got these kind of two separate minds almost mm. um, and that's how I that's how I so see it's not it it's dissimilar in a, in a vague sense to like when a, when a Buddhist might have uh, something to focus on when they meditate yeah exactly like for me it's always breath so yeah. maybe my intention maybe is solely intention. to be in the moment with breath and maybe yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah that that might be and often enough. people I have people that say to me I don't know what to set mm. or do, and so I just bring it back to I am here mm-hmm. and I often do this exercise where we, we tap at the first at the first five minutes of the um the classes that we just tap all over the body mm. I am here I am here because so many people are disconnected from mm-hmm. their starts. body, from the the actual present moment. And they're like thinking about work. They're thinking about this. They're thinking mm-hmm. about that. And it's just a really nice exercise and intention to be in this moment, mm-hmm. in this class, on this mat, mm-hmm. in this body, I, with this breath. It's all I, about, it's definitely yeah, all about I, the breath. I, I, see, I think it's this is so beautiful that there can be so many different styles of yoga and mm-hmm. so many methods. Mm-hmm. And how you can go to a teacher that teaches like that or a teacher maybe that their bias is more anatomy, Mm. but you can carry the skill through. Like I'm sure plenty of my students, if they've been to classes like yours, might be doing that their own as well. They might be setting intentions on their own without Mm. me initiating it. And maybe vice versa. People that come to me, when you're setting intentions, they're checking in with their femur alignment Mm. in (laughs) Tadasana. Well, I know that from experience. It's nice that that can happen. I think they're equally... Like equally you important. need anatomy, you, you, you need, need a mix. intentions. Yeah. You need like you, I think they're equally. But and every you're you're not going to be everyone's teacher. It, I'm not yes. going to be everyone's teacher. And we shouldn't encourage. I don't think. No. I don't, people just have one teacher. No. I think people should have a mix of teachers that offer them something mm. and take and take yeah. things. And we, as a teacher, that's liberating because we don't need to be the one yoga teacher in the town. Not at all. There are so many. And that's where it becomes a little bit. Um, ego driven i think you have to be open to the fact that like you said you're not going to be for everyone no do your bit in the world and do it from the heart i'm like i'm the woo woo one. Oh yes <laughs> i'm with your girl high five. High five. on the topic of intentions <laughs> he's like breeze over it yeah no. yeah are there any like like do you have an intention to let go of any bad habits at the moment yes so i, I as well as setting an intention yeah i also um focus on using the breath as a letting go tool Mm. so every exhale is an opportunity to let go Mm. every inhale is an opportunity to bring in new energy so that throughout the class and more so in shavasana or more so just at the start of the class like please leave all your shit at the door um welcome to pick it up when the class is over or welcome to leave it there so my biggest thing is again since studying with embodied flow and also um the somatic movement therapy is that we just gotta let it go, and like, and the breath is so connected to holding on yeah. to to things, and how we can start to breathe a lot shallower when things are going wrong, and so that letting go with the exhale is just such a gift that people need to be reminded of yeah. with every breath, and every breath because we are in um, instructing with breath inhale this, exhale that, that we have that opportunity in every pose, in every transition to have people let stuff go what are the things that you're trying to let go at the moment if how long honest? do you have <laughs> off the mat off the mat habits you're trying head. to shift 
Um, or let go? Yeah, I would, I mean, I feel like I'm shedding every day. And I wouldn't say there's certain habits that I try to shed or like I eat too much chocolate, but I love chocolate, so I don't care. I keep looking at those. I'm like, am I allowed to have another one? Of course. I'll save it for afterwards. Um, so that I don't really get too fed up of like, oh, I need to exercise more or I, need, I don't have any of those things. Like I just do what I love yeah. and I love what I do. And I want to continue to be open to change and continually open to being influenced for the good and being mobile and and I don't know being a better person being a better human so Mm. right now it's not like oh I need to do better at this or I need to let this go um but I suppose it's just I'm working on being aware of what comes up for me and Mm. what I can just watch and let go being conscious observing consciousness Mm. is yeah and being part like one thing that I am not I am focusing on because you can't focus on but just trying to be in flow and Mm. flow through life doing the things I love and flow and being in flow when I'm teaching being in flow when I'm um, mentoring being in flow when I'm in therapy being in flow just that's my might be in flow finding flow finding flow what they say flow state is where the challenges and your skill level meet nicely in the center I believe. I think yeah. someone has phrased it like that on a on a, ch- on, a, on a on a bar chart. So when you're not in flow, mm. do you find because this is something that I struggle with? Do you find yourself wanting to f- not force? That's a bad word, but yeah. not bad word. Go against yeah. or something. Do you sort of find yourself wanting to um, get back into it, or do you allow yourself to be out of it? I allow myself to be out of it, and that's the uh, that's one of the things that I've learnt over the last three years through all of this different trainings is that it's okay to not to be, not be ex- exactly where yeah. you need to be, yeah. but you are exactly where you yeah. are because yeah. that's where you need mm. to be. Yeah. Um, contradictive. Mm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so one thing that I find if I'm not in flow or if I feel out of flow, something is not in alignment with my values. Mm. And so something needs to change. Mm. So often or not, I change things and be like, that class that I taught on Friday afternoon does not work with, like every time I go to teach it, I just don't feel like mm. it's, I don't want to do it anymore. So I change it. I'd be like, I don't want to teach that class anymore. Or, Which is kind of brave to be able to let, let stuff go let in that go. sense, stuff that makes you money or stuff but that people I, would yeah. really want to, or, yeah, or hold on to. And mm. I'm very guilty of that myself. Yeah. It takes a lot of confidence but when to you, do that open up space for new things to come Come in in. Mm -hmm. things flow yeah Yeah. and so often i'll um you know obviously teaching yoga i do a lot of privates and they they fluctuate and when one thing ends three other things open up and i just really have to trust that process Mm. and trust that the flow of life is working in my favor when i am aligning with my values yeah and i think life is so much a part of finding like getting yourself back to balance and you have to fall off balance sometimes to know what your balance is so actually even when you're not on it and you're out of flow i don't think sometimes the goal is to get back into that it's just to see what is this space teaching me yeah what do i need to move out of my life to get back into it and then it's kind of like this dance between being out and out and in and when you're there it's great when you're not it's not but it's it's all valid like you said one of the things that really threw me off last year when i was in bali in january um studying under dr scott lyons Mm. 
we were doing the somatic therapy movement training and every morning we would start with an hour an hour meditation and then an hour of um, movement practices which could be movement therapy and we weren't doing yoga we weren't doing any physical like this there's, there's physical movement in movement therapy but there's um it wasn't like i was doing an hour worth of vinyasa or mm. stretching and it was really and i had to, to to then put that into my schedule i'd have to get up at 6 a.m to do that before we did then an hour of meditation and then uh, okay. it's just like and you're so exhausted because you're doing say 15 therapy sessions a day giving wow. and receiving it's a lot of emotional wow. movement mm. therapy. It's it's just exhausting. Mm. And so my teacher was like, why are you like, are you using self-care to band-aid what is really coming up for you? Mm, I love that. And I was like, whoa. I was yes. like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, you're not doing your yoga. Like you're a very movement person in the morning before I sit. I need to move before mm. I meditate. Um, and he's like, well, what's coming up for you? And I was like, I'm fucking frustrated and mm. I want to, and I don't want to like go with what your flow is. I want to do my flow. And mm. it was like, all of this stuff was coming up and I'm not really an angry person and all this anger and frustration. And then we ended up doing a session around therapy around all of this that was coming up. And actually he led me in a session in front of everyone and which was quite oh, vulnerable indeed, as well. Yeah. And it was interesting to see when I can't be in my flow, what comes up for me? And I think, I don't know how rhetorical this is, yeah. but it's like when those things are taken away from you, what's actually left? What's underneath it all? What's underneath mm, all of that's the, the work, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that, and that's the work that I'm trying to work on. So this morning I canceled my class. Mm. I probably feel shitty for not going because I didn't move. Mm. Um, and then I didn't meditate because I didn't move. And there's a ripple on effect. Mm. But then today what I'm dealing with is like, okay, what's actually underneath? You're not, not bypassing. Being, no. It's not bypassing through yoga yeah. or spiritual yeah. practice. Yeah. You're actually facing so it. So is, is yoga a band-aid for me? Mm. That's a, such a great question, it's like, isn't it? And it's one thing that it's still now a year on that I'm still like, okay, if I don't go to that yoga class in the morning or I don't do my meditation, then all this stuff comes up which might in effect be a better yeah. a yeah. better bit of therapy for you I anyway often we can use it as an excuse we yes. can say i do yoga every day and i meditate every day yeah and, that, and actually, so, so i'm not an asshole i can't be an asshole but so many people ah oh, but you're an asshole like, underneath it you're just yeah, ignoring like, it yeah yeah <laughs> a complete asshole <laughs> but you're just but you're just wearing your, 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 your mala yeah. beads of t- <laughs> telling everyone you're not but mm. actually your, you, yes, your back bend has increased in, over the last few years. Yeah. But the relationship you have with your partner hasn't changed. It's got mm. worse over the last. Yeah. Mm. And I think actually it can be an excuse sometimes. Our, yeah. our, our demonstration of our spirituality mm. or our physicality yeah. can be a bit of an excuse. Can I, one, we're going to do some quick fire. Yes, yes. I was going to say, bit. let's do that. But one little question I have for you is you you are like from the outside what most people would say successful like you've developed a, a lifestyle that seems to be desirable mm. you're doing well your brand is doing well as a teacher you're doing well you're learning like what costs has it, have there been beyond financial on this way like I, I read in one thing that you wrote that your one cost is perhaps that you've made yourself a bit domineering in your relationship that's kind of one, one cost. Where did you see that? Oh, in yeah, like an interview. That. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I'm like, it's correct. I, I, but I actually, I, I, I asked sure. your husband. <laughs> no, I, I definitely think... What does Stephen need to change? I think there's definitely... <laughs> I'm quite, yeah, confident, um, opinionated. I don't need 
anyone for anything, but I want people around. And that's the mm-hmm. thing with, with me and my husband. We know that we don't need each other like mm-hmm. to survive, yeah. but we want each other to survive. Oh, and that's that. a really different thing because at any point it, that can be taken away from you and you have to then be able to stand on your own two feet. And I can stand on my own two feet yeah. pretty much in every situation. Demonstrated, yeah. Mm. And um, But I suppose, yeah, so I'm quite domineering and dominant in the relationship but he also is as well so i have had to learn to step into my feminine when needed and step into my masculine when needed Mm. and also i really like practicing stepping into the feminine and remembering the power of the feminine and also the power of the masculine and knowing when to um, step into those um those powers equally Um, And then other things I've sacrificed is starting a a family. So I just Mm. turned 36 and I think if I hadn't started this baby called Silu, I would have had babies by now, all that kind of thing. So those, I would say, two big um, sacrifices I've had to make. Uh, Also living away from my family. Um, They're all in Australia and LA. How how often do you see them? Um, Once a year I go back to Australia. Like I try, usually like with someone's wedding or something like an event. And then I was fortunate enough to them to come over for our London civil ceremony last year. Oh, they came. Oh, yeah. Amazing. And then I see my sister in LA a couple of times a year because I'm out there for work. So, and then my sisters do travel a bit as well. So, um, but it's, it's not it's not every week for Sunday lunch. Yeah, I think it's important that people kind of understand the behind the scenes of it. As behind most people's success, yeah, there's been a hell of a lot of sacrifice and hard Always. work and luck and opportunity. It's uh, not all, easy, all right. is it? It's not straight I, line. I remember when I first got here and on a Friday night, I just wanted to go for Friday night drinks with someone. Mm. I didn't know anyone. Oh, and loser. And totally. <laughs> you loser. You're such <laughs> an totally. asshole. And, like, and, and Alex at the time didn't understand that I was just missing that community. And that's one thing that I've, I'm good at creating. So I created yeah. my own community and called in those women that are like-minded and mm. motivational and that kind of thing. But there was many nights that I'd sit at home and I'm maybe crying. Of, I had a, a fight or bad day at work and I can't call anyone because everyone's asleep in Australia. Oh, okay. I don't have that connection here yet to be able to call someone that I maybe see at yoga once a week and be like, mm. I'm really having a bad day and like yeah. just want to talk about it. And Alex at that time didn't really understand that side of me or really knew, know how to hold space for that side of me, which he does now as we've both evolved as um But as you still want friends you can do that with, don't you? You still want other people that you're not married to. Yeah, completely, yeah. completely. I mean, now being in London for five years, I've really called in those people and created um, that support network that I can just call and be like, I'm having a really shit day mm-hmm. um, and cry to someone, which again, yeah. But so yeah, back to weaknesses and weaknesses or it was more like that things that sacrifice yeah, the yeah, cost, cost so and sacrifices. Those are the big things. Not yeah. being close to my family, yeah, um, and not starting a family, and yeah, probably being very in control of every situation. Yeah. I like being in control. Mm. Is it wrong with that? But you're yeah. you're exactly where you're supposed to be, yeah. as you said. So Should we do some quick quick fires? fire now? So I guess any f- anything you bought purchase in the last year that has made a big not not an expensive thing but something you've bought that's kind of made a nice impact on your life i don't really put a lot of value on material mm. possessions mm. but i did buy a celery juicer 
recently and it has changed my life in the morning (laughs) specifically for celibate yeah because i was buying i really uh, whatever the the scientists or the not scientists say about celery juicing i really find it affects um just my digestion and skin and everything so i was buying one at whole foods nearly every day for periods and it's like five pounds and Mm. it comes in plastic and it's just not sustainable for my wallet or the environment so I spent 60 pounds on a Philips thing and I just for like just to celebrate I mean I'm not a very big orange juice drinker or I I don't drink juice I just mean the machine isn't dedicated it's just it's it's a juicer celery celery juicer what a niche (laughs) what's your you said you love chocolate yes what's your favorite chocolate Bar or sweet or it's really naughty. It's Galaxy. Oh, it's the naughty caramel one. or just the, t- just the original? No, original. So good. I know. Would you have a family size one all in one go? Yes, yes, yes. Top yes. Two. Do you know what it melts in your mouth <laughs> if you put it in the freezer? No, I don't no. like freezer. Adam, warm, just be quiet. Warm, stop. warm room but then it melts in the no, mouth. No, okay, no, fine. against uh, any against. Any <laughs> Get out. <laughs> any any book that like that you would recommend to people to read that's helped you at some point. Biggest one in terms of business, the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. Oh, yes, Tim. we love I him. I buy that for people and give that to them, yeah. and I'm like, fucking read it. Yeah, but he's oh, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, but he's yeah. particularly Honest. good, I think, for people who are living your kind of lifestyle. Yeah, for people that were working from laptops that can delegate, that can manage. I read it when I was 25, and I read it again when I was 26 and 27, 28, wow. and it's just like so many good like mm. so many good nuggets of even if you like don't agree with that you can't run a business before us like the principles behind it mm. has really changed how i do things and it doesn't really mean that does it it's just a hook title mm. he's not really saying yeah. that it's like automize and outsource everything which is great and he, just yeah he's such a wonderful thinker isn't he mm. yeah, Tim. He's do you listen to his podcast yes. he's great yeah. i love his voice he's super chill doesn't yeah. he yeah. i just love how he's just really interested in growth yes yeah. well, whatever that is and optimizing and optimizing, yeah. your optimizing your everything so that and then the power of now by oh yes love that one um put me on the spot but yeah those, those two those two those are good favorite beach in the world as you are such a traveler oh, that's go a good instinct go with your instinct um, so um oh. Oh, uh, one in kefalonia in greece okay kefalonia um, kefalonia greece is a greek is island yeah, k-e-p-h k-e-f Kefalonia. I thought you would say one uh, in Australia. Like I mean, there's Bondi too many, and I just like freaked out. I was, all right, I feel we'll the pressure. No, fair enough. It's all good. Himes Beach in Australia <laughs> is one of the widest beaches in the world, and it's very beautiful. But I have seen sharks there, so right. Let's not, no, do, that let's not no. do that. You got another one, Adam? <laughs> no, that's it. We're done. I think we're done. Oh, Thank amazing. you so much for having Thanks, me. Guys. It's been so lovely to chat. It's been a pleasure. What, yeah. what do I need to tell people? What should we tell people about you? Yeah, so, plug yourself, girl. Plug. Plug. So you can buy Silu online, silulondon.com. You can find me at phoebegreenacre.com. And I pretty much post about all my life on Instagram mm. for all the different pieces, like retreats or women's circles or therapy sessions or um, anything that's happening with Silu at um, Phoebe Greenacre on Instagram. Perfect. Cool. And we'll do some little show notes as well. So anything we've referenced, we'll put down. Yeah. On there as well. Awesome. Thank you so yeah, thank much. You, thank you, guys. Cheers. See you soon. See you soon. Honestly, I'm balanced.